0: Welcome to Talent Sandbox, the podcast that explores how talent acquisition professionals can optimize and future-proof talent acquisition. My name is Neil. I'm the co-host of Talent Sandbox podcast. Join us as we explore the latest trends, strategies, and best practices for attracting and retaining talent in your organization. Our talent acquisition practitioners will share their real-world insights on everything from smart sourcing, candidate experience, diversity and inclusion, through to the building of a global talent acquisition function, we will leave you with actionable takeaways that you can apply in your business. Whether you're a recruiter, hiring manager, or HR professional, we're here to build a better talent acquisition process for everyone. So I'm delighted to be joined today with Adrian Thomas. Adrian continues to have an illustrious career, having worked with some of the leading global brands around the world, including GlaxoSmithKline, Beecham, Network Rail, and also the UK government. Now we on a number of global brands, including RPO providers, data and analytics. Adrian comes with a wealth of experience as a global TA practitioner. I'm personally very, very excited to have Adrian as a global advisor of Talent Sandbox as we continue to establish the product and brand. Adrian will be a great ally and also great commentator on the industry overall. Adrian, thanks for joining me today, um, and, and also equally delighted to have you part of Talent Sandbox as an advisor, so really appreciate all the efforts so far. For the, the benefit of the listeners, uh, maybe you can say a few words and
1: introduce yourself. Thanks. Thanks, Neil. And firstly, I'm absolutely delighted um, you asked me to get involved with um, Talent Sandbox. I'm sure I'll say a little bit more about that shortly. Um, but yeah, um, I've, my background has uh, been public and private um, sector recruitment for as long as I can remember. The companies that, that I've been involved with has, has enabled me to learn an awful lot about recruitment and learn it over a long period of time. So, one of the things I like doing is looking is looking back over the challenges we had maybe twenty years ago, thirty years ago and seeing how, how they resonate with today's challenges and how we solve them. Right. So, you know, absolutely delighted um, to be part of it. Hopefully I can bring um, some experience uh, to the discussion. Um, but with that experience, I've also got a huge number of ideas and challenges for the TA industry going forward that I think should position us as a, a career path for uh, professionals to, to, to seek out. Um, And I'll probably say a little bit more of that uh, as we talk because I think it's important um, that we have a TA function in organisations, whether they're private or or public, doesn't matter, that is performing to the benefit of the organisation and also to the benefit of the individuals that are in that TA function as well. When we first met,
0: you know, that's the first thing that resonated. We, we, We taught the same language. You know, we're both as passionate, you know, about the... Talent acquisition industry and the opportunities that has uh, as well. Today, uh, I'd really like to lift the lid in terms of you know some of the challenges and opportunities. More importantly, that TA faces within the industry. So, so maybe you could you know um, start off by you know giving us a little bit of a commentary of you know some of the key challenges that you see TA faces in today's market.
1: Yeah, well, the market's been real a real roller coaster ride over the last um, few years. And in particular, last couple of years, Uh, when I look around the market, I see amazing practice. I see uh, tools that, um, that I only wish I had when I was joining, um, the TA for the recruitment function or the HR function way, way back only that. I wish I had at my disposal. Um, but there's two things. One, hardly anybody is using those tools and if they are using them, they're not using them effectively. Um, so um, there is a huge disparity in, in recruitment resourcing, TA, I use the terms interchangeably, by the way, how, or how they contribute to, to their businesses. Okay. So on the one hand, you have some people who are very, or almost doing an administration task and, and others that are doing a strategic advisor role in organizations called the same name, paid not so much differently than each other, um, and yet having a huge difference in impact in the organizations they support. And one of the things that I see that is a key differential I would like to see changed is the attitude of an organization to its TA function. And the TA function is operating in a more administrative capacity. You you do see those boards and CEOs and management teams um, assuming the TA functions as an admin simply administrating uh, people desperate to join that organization and just simply have to process them onto the payroll. Um, whereas organizations that CTA are more strategic recognize that to get the right people who can make the biggest difference to their, um, to their impact, who can change the bottom line, impact the share price, they need to invest in the tools and the TA. Now shouting from the rooftops um, about that has been my passion for the last few years and will continue to be so. Because I think it will benefit those organisations that are not yet getting the most out of their TA team. But also, importantly, it will give us a TA workforce that actually will contribute more to the growth of not just the company they're in, but also the economy they work within. But I think we we see that right now.
0: You know, Those organisations who are creating layoffs, um, those organisations are reorganising themselves. You know, very often, they... Um, are transactional in, in a lot of cases, um, and as you say, that um, talent acquisition plus plus um, really start to separate you and others in the marketplace, and, and continues to create value as well. But, so, I'd love to hear more of your your views on that in a few few minutes. So, as the profession has it has evolved um, over over recent years. You know what? Do you th- what do you think the opportunities are um, as it continues to v- to evolve, and and how does that need to happen as well?
1: Well, I think that the managerial level in an organization, and I'm talking about the top tier, the C list, needs mm. um, to recognise the benefits that TAA recruitment can bring to an organization. Where I see layoffs of permanent staff as a as a knee jerk reaction to a downturn in sales or profit or margin or well, or the economy general. That does feel to me like an organization that has only thought one-dimensionally about its employment model. Mm. Um, because you know if they had thought three-dimensionally and they had recruitment teams that were sourcing and staffing um, in a three-dimensional capacity, they would have things like third-party support, contractors, part-time. Um, they would have lots of variations of contracts um, with a core permanent workforce. Um, so your first knee-jerk reaction wouldn't be to reduce your permanent workforce your, or your core workforce. You would have the ability to to do other things, which have, you know, which is you know, not you know, not great if you're being laid off. But if you're laid off from a part-time job and you've got two other part-time jobs, that's not such a big impact as being laid off from no. a permanent job. I don't want to sound uh, condescending to those in part-time roles, but a lot of people do choose to have flexible uh, careers. Um, these days particularly with hybrid working virtual working you can accommodate that so um so i do think that the employment model um ca- can go a long way to helping organizations adjust to market conditions uh, and it's because they're only seeing things in a one-dimensional way that they hire and fire and um a downturn happens they're firing and then six months later they're hiring and 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 to me that is a t- tremendous waste of energy uh, waste of a workforce. Um you're probably not going to rehire people you've laid off because of what they think about you. Um so you've got to rebuild ran this huge number of challenges. And you know I come back to thinking about um, this and I you know how can you explain to a management team in non-TA language, non-HR language mm-hmm. what the difference is? Um, and I and I try to use this analogy. Um, we all like cars or we all and lots of us use cars. And if you think about a family saloon, and, um, the family saloon is your, um, is your recruitment model and you need to, to hire the best people. So you're going to go out yes. in your saloon and look, in fact, you have to race, you have to race to get the best people into your family saloon, but organize the other organization that lives next door to you also has to race to get the same people. And they're using a car, except their car is a formula one car and mm-hmm. they're to the talent before you they're going to sell the benefits yeah. in their organization before you can get your family saloon down the road and um so the simple option then is surely buy a formula one car but you've got a ta who's driving the family saloon who if they get into the cockpit of a formula one car will surely smash it into the lamppost opposite they won't know how to use all the tools all the levers all the technology that's in that car to get them to the to to Um, the people they want first so my mission is to is to get ta out of the family saloon which is plodding along um, with the ceo saying go hire me by putting an advert and hoping that people apply to it into the formula one car which has the technology to say where is the skills where are the talent how do i get there the quickest how do i use these gears how do i use the traction control how do i use it all of these tools are up my, but I need to be trained to use them. And I need to know in order to use them, how they're going to get me there. So in a race with a family saloon versus a formula one car, we see the same analogy as a race to talent from a, a company mm. that very much one dimensionally foot thinking in recruitment terms to that, that's thinking three dimensionally and thinking about its TA function as a tr- asset.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I love that analogy because you know if you think about also Formula One, and I mean there's a there's a great deal of standards and standardisation that comes in that um, that ways of working. You know, those teams have had to train and retrain, and you know, to get that wheel off within you know 15 seconds, then it's it's it hasn't happened by default or, or by magic, right? So they've 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 really honed their skills. So I love that analogy. Um, if if you were a TA leader in the market right now which is a clearly a challenging market and a complex market that they face how would you be setting out your stall to to think about how you approach a strategy to to touch on those things we spoke about to add value to you know to look at the portfolio of offering from TA as well what are the elements you would think about uh, as a TA leader as you set your strategy out at the moment
1: well, anybody in TA, but particularly the TA leaders need to think about their own skills and their own mm. competencies and how they get them. So I would have thought the the most important thing is a degree of self-analysis. Um, mm-hmm. The organization that I'm going, trying to influence, how am I going to influence that organization? And we always talk, mm. about, we talk about people being able to talk the language of the business uh, as a way of getting the influence in that business or opening the boardroom door I hate these analogies about board seats etc it's not about being on the board or around the table it is about having the skills and and being able and allowed to influence the company direction Um, yes you can do that perhaps around the table but if you've got the information that you can feed into the decision making processes um, you'll have that success but what is that information what is talking the business language and I've said it a thousand times Neil it's a um, it's on repeat for me. It's mathematics, and and that terrifies people. And I tr- I say mathematics uh, in, in a way to terrify uh, people because um, the world is 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 governed by numbers. Um, you look at shareholder return. You look at all the metrics that companies use, and you look at the metrics that get passed down onto recruitment. And it, it, it's it's all about data, and it's all about uh, analyzing that data, and it's all about using that data to make your point. Mm. So all around us is mathematics. And if, if if numbers scare you, that's not a great place to be. And numbers need to scare you. I think they scare people because people allow them to be scared by mathematics. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So getting a degree of, of, of um of competence or familiarity um with basic um data analysis, with um estimating. Um estimating is a skill which I think is underutilized. Yeah. Um mm. And being able to look at a chart and being able to interpret it, being able to present to a chart and making the making the important points um, with people with uh, by pe- with people looking at the same chart as you and you pulling out the the the, the main parts. That's what gives a um, HR, what gives TA the influence in the boardroom and the ability to influence and um, the CEO, the board, the shareholders and yep. so on. Now, standardization means that we're all using the same terminology in my in my view. It's not the same Mm. tool. There are are thousands of different ATSs and all the rest of it. But why would you use an ATS? Why would you use a CRM? Why would you use um, some labor market analytics? And what tool would you use? Why would you use a spreadsheet versus something else, a database? Well, if a company knows why you're using those tools, um, and uh, you're likely to have more of an impact, you're likely to be more accepted into the argument if Mm. people trust your data sources and trust the the information that you give so when you start using a standard terminology and a ceo's moved from one company to another to another or our finance director, anybody in, in in that leadership position and they see you using the, the languages that they have already heard before that they understand they're more likely to, to let you into that room they're more likely to listen to your arguments so for me um it, it's it's not about being left field or right fields um, with um, some whizzy language that we're using to interpret something that's really quite basic. It's about being consistent and it's about um, using um, terminology and tools in a standardized way that the people we're influencing can understand and accept. So that to me is, 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 is very important. And if someone talks about some training for TA that needs to be standardized, then I would expect that training to be the core training that um, an organisation would recognise as being essential for having an effective TA function and therefore prepared to put finance and budget behind it. So because we are quite non-standard, I mean, we talk about things like time to hire and cost per hire, without any standardisation of process beyond it, you then have to go into a five-minute conversation with your CEO or finance head uh, to explain what you mean by cost per hire, I mean the cost of the process that includes management time, advertising time, the cost of the assessment, and and then your colleague down the down the corridor is is using a different set of terms to calculate cost per hire, and and the whole credibility of the argument is is lost. So as a TA function, industry recruitment industry, we're incredibly poor. It's coming together just to, to define the, the standards that um, um, that we're asking others to believe in, and um, oh. I think it needs to change for us to be an in, uh, um, an industry that truly influences um, uh, organizations going forward. Yeah, no, I, I fully fully agree. I mean, we we've spoken about this before around
0: you know some of the terminology, some of the language, which is which is defined differently, you know, organization to organization. Um, and and as you said, the and it's a fabulous example of finance, right? So if, if a CEO moved from one company to another, then they would have a certain way of reporting and auditing and you know, monitoring their finances. Whereas recruitment, which is now worth nearly six hundred billion globally, is not. You know, it's unregulated. Uh, there's no standards involved. Now, in I think you
1: know you and I both agree that that's absolutely incredible. Well, I've got a great example of how silly this can be. I, I looked back over, um, as an organization I was in, so you can narrow it down to my, those that are on my me. Um, yeah. And they had projects go to the HR leadership team about reducing time to hire. And over the previous three years, there'd been a number of submissions, quite a few submissions, um, that were coming from the IT department or coming from different parts of, of, of the organisation. And each one said we'd reduce the time to hire by a week or six days or an average of five days. And when I totted up all of the initiatives over the previous three years, it would reduce time to hire by approximately 35 days. Well, time to hire was, was only 34 anyway. So we're now talking about people magically appearing before they're wanted. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know all, clearly all those measurements of time to hire were were inconsistent with each other they, they you couldn't cumulatively add them so it's a silly example but just to show how inaccurate i think we can be when we're presenting um, opportunities to organizations and asking them to believe and invest in our in our initiatives and our um, you know and our innovations um, going forward so a degree of honesty and common sense um, applied to the terminology, um, definitions, the processes that we use with more common terms, I think would benefit us all hugely. You know, and um, one of the things that,
0: you know, we we are passionate about is uh, driving consistency standard, standardization. And there is different schools of thought, of course, in the the industry. Some individuals who commentate on this and influencers believe that it should be um, based on innovation. Love to hear your thoughts around how you know, those out there who are listening to this can really champion the standards in recruitment, uh, and, and and what are some of the benefits of, of doing that as well in their organization?
1: Well, we should question um, organizations, and when we um, have a way of working, we should really be asking that organization, is that working for you, rather than just following the the, the process. So when we're being asked, let's stay with recruitment. When we're being asked to recruit and the organization has got a way of doing something, which as a new TA leader, perhaps in that organization, you know, can be done better. Rather than just following the way that things have been done, why aren't we challenging that we should be doing things differently? And it's giving people the tools and ability to be able to make those challenges. That's my core. I'm not saying that we drop everything. And And adopt a new set of terminology and and innovations and and technologies and and just call out everything that's gone before as rubbish it's all we we are where we are it's all worked well. we've got some fantastic performing organizations talking about is optimizing about making things better for the organization and better for the people within that organization. So it's where we're seeing things marking time and we're seeing things that perhaps have come a little bit stayed a little bit term caught in the past being able to call that out and it's being able to call it out using language that people understand is my call for that standardization so when we say things like cost per hire um and every director I've met wants to know the cost per hire but you know to me you know in the room with them you've got to be sensible with a with a straight face and try to answer their question Outside the room, you're going to pull your hair out and say, Why are they asking the most ridiculous question in talent acquisition? Because it should be about the cost of hire. It should be about the value the person that you're hiring is going to bring to that organization. And cost per hire could be different for somebody who's making a strategic contribution to the growth of that business to somebody who's a solid rock in a stormy sea that's going to make sure the organization delivers day in, day out. So- uh, or whatever, I don't want to be rude about different capabilities of people. But there's far more solid rocks in stormy seas in, in organizations. Those yeah. people who are holding the ground, holding the fort, who deliver day in, day out. Not everybody can be top 10%. Not everybody's going to be innovative or strategic. And when they go, so how are you finding the right people for the organization that are going to make a real big difference to that organization? And that isn't down to cost per hire. Now, getting that message across to the finance director that simply wants to look at an overall budget for a team of people is hard. And you've got to be able to impact those team of people are having, which is why I come all the way back to some of the skill sets that leaders in TA need to be able to, to make those conversations come to life to a finance director so they can truly understand why someone is saying, it doesn't really matter what we spend to hire this individual. The impact on the organisation is going to be incredible, and here is why. Now, people will will roll their eyes at that because they're under in, intense pressure to reduce costs. Of course. And they're not having those conversations. They're simply being told to cut their budget by 5%, 8%, 12%. They're being told mm. to lose members of their team and they're not having those influence conversations. My challenge is um, to the industry, we need to get ourselves into the place where we can have conversations, yeah. whilst whilst also delivering to the challenges that we're being placed on at the moment. And I accept that might mean having to toe the line with some of the demands of, um, of, of organizations, but never to lose sight on the longer term impact we can have if we were to have, um, I think, strategic conversations. Yeah, because the reality is that, you know, whether, you know, you face
0: a downturn, an upturn of the industry, whether it's a growth of the industry, something's always happening. I mean, you and I have, have seen many iterations of that over our, over our career of course, and I think you're right. In order to to get to that point, start now, right? Start a point where you've got an opportunity to start, to have that conversation. Um, you know, think about those services that are going to add value to your organization, Um you know, as we said before, you know, standards and standardization doesn't necessarily mean you don't innovate. Actually, you do innovate, and but you innovate in a, in a way which is which is sustainable and controlled. Um, I you know, if you you know, the perfect example I I keep referencing back to is AI. Right? I mean, AI, AI tools out there are absolutely fantastic, but the you know, if you don't have a high adoption rate and a high um, influence of the direction travel in your business then they're pointless, right? So if they're not adding the value to your business and delivering those business results, then, you know, why why adopt AI? So, you know, looking at the role of the the TA leader is a is a clearly a complex one. Um, but this is the time for TA lead to start influencing.
1: Absolutely. Um, I remember the joy and happiness many, many years ago when we moved from word processors to desktop computers. It was like light had been invented you could do so much more with so little so quickly um and so innovatively and 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 that that was in the 80s and and i just remember the transformational change it enabled us to make in that team ai will do the same but we couldn't just go from using wang systems at the time i don't think they're around anymore from word processors to desktop we had to to learn how to use those desktops um effectively how to learn how to use spreadsheets how to learn how to and use the full range of tools that were now at my disposal. And that's the same with the change that we're seeing with technologies now, um, uh, driven um, latterly by by AI. So, you know, I don't see that there's any difference in the challenge. And I don't see there's any difference in the opportunity. What I would hope is that there is uh, you know, a, a real positive de- uh, desire to reach out and use the new technologies and understand how mm. they're used. Um, and not just sit back and say oh yes we we use chat gbt there's a huge number of ai and generative ai pieces of technology out there and so many now um, available to the hr and ta marketplace that we're out there learning using that we're using our team building and um, sessions with our recruiters to get to try out some of the tools that are out there and see if they will change what we delivered into our own businesses the ta lead will be the ones who will be able to drive that innovation will be able to explain why they're doing it will be able to train effectively their teams so they know the output they're going to have and most importantly they'll be able to show the return on the investment in either money or time or both um, and and demonstrate to the business why it's important to have that really skilled ta team working to processes. Which are transferable across industries, so they're standardized and um, because then you're going to be able to benchmark one company against another you're going to be able to take your skills as an individual recruiter from one organization to another so we see the benefit here as i said at the start is both to organizations and to individuals within the resourcing recruitment ta industries well listen um, Adrian I think it's been a fantastic discussion we could
0: carry on and on and on all day talking about TA uh, I'm sure it's been a real pleasure
1: I'd look to, look forward to having more of these conversations over the coming months with you I, I certainly look forward to coming back and um, and give you, you some more thoughts because I love talking about TA and I could also talk all day about it see you uh, see you very soon and
0: uh, thanks for everyone listening today on the podcast So that's a wrap for today's episode of Talent Sandbox Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest of our podcast, then please email us at hello at talentsandbox.com.